October of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665 by Samuel Pepys. October, 1665. October 1st, Lord's Day. Called up about four of the clock, and so dressed myself, and so on board the besom and there finding all my company asleep, I would not wake them. But it beginning to be break of day, I did stay upon the deck walking, and then into the master's cabin, and there laid and slept a little, and so at last was waked by Captain Cox calling of me, and so I turned out, and then to chat and talk and laugh, and mighty merry. We spent most of the morning talking and reading of the siege of Rhodes, which is certainly, the more I read it the more I think so, the best poem that ever was wrote. We breakfasted betimes, and come to the fleet about two of the clock in the afternoon, having a fine day and a fine wind. My lord received us mighty kindly, and after discourse with us in general left us to our business and he to his officers, having called a council of war. We in the meantime settling of papers with Mr. Pierce and everybody else, and by and by with Captain Cuttons. Anon called down to my lord, and there with him till supper, talking and discourse, among other things, to my great joy, he did assure me that he had wrote to the king and duke about these prize goods, and told me that they did approve of what he had done, and that he would own what he had done, and would have me to tell all the world so, and did under his hand, give Cock and me his certificate of our bargains, and giving us full power of disposal of what we have so bought. This do ease my mind of all my fear, and makes my heart lighter by a hundred pounds than it was before. He did discourse to us of the Dutch fleet being abroad, eighty-five of them still, and are now at the Texel, he believes, in expectation of our Eastland ships coming home with masts and hemp, and our loaden Hamburgh ships going to Hamburgh. He discoursed against them that would have us yield to no conditions but conquest over the Dutch, and seems to believe that the Dutch will call for the protection of the King of France and come under his power, which were to be wished they might be brought to do under ours by fair means, and to that end would have all Dutch men and families that would come hither and settled to be declared denizens and my lord did whisper to me alone that things here must break in pieces, nobody minding anything but every man his own business of profit or pleasure, and the king some little designs of his own, and that certainly the kingdom could not stand in this condition long, which I fear and believe is very true. So to supper, and there my lord, the kindest man to me, before all the table talking of me to my advantage, and with tenderness too, that it overjoyed me. So after supper, Captain Cock and I, and Temple, on board the besom, and there to cards for a while, and then to read again in roads, and so to sleep. But, Lord, the mirth which it caused me to be waked in the night by their snoring round about me, I did laugh till I was ready to burst, and waked one of the two companions of Temple, who could not a good while tell where he was that he heard one laugh so, till he recollected himself, and I told him what it was at, and so to sleep again, they still snoring. Second, we having sailed all night, and I do wonder how they in the dark could find the way, we got by morning to Gillingham and thence all walked to Chatham, and there with Commissioner Pett viewed the yard, and, among other things, a team of four horses come close by us, he being with me, drawing a piece of timber that I am confident one man could easily have carried upon his back. I made the horses be taken away, and a man or two to take the timber away with their hands. This the Commissioner did see, but said nothing, but I think had cause to be ashamed of. We walked, he and I, and Cock, to the hill-house, where we find Sir W. Penn in bed, and there much talk and much dissembling of kindness from him. But he is a false rogue, and I shall not trust him. But my being there did procure his consent to have his silk carried away before the money received, which he would not have done for cock, I am sure. 
thence to rochester walked to the crown and while dinner was getting ready i did there walk to visit the old castle ruins which hath been a noble place and there going up i did upon the stairs overtake three pretty maids or women and took them up with me and i did baiser sur mouche et toucher le main and next to my great pleasure but lord to see what a dreadful thing it is to look down the precipices for it did fright me mightily and hinder me of much pleasure which i would have made to myself in the company of these three if it had not been for that the place hath been very noble and great and strong in former ages so to walk up and down the cathedral and thence to the crown whither mr fowler the mayor of the town was come in his gown and is a very reverend magistrate after i had eat a bit not staying to eat with them i went away and so took horses and to gravesend and there stayed not but got a boat the sickness being very much in the town still and so called on board my lord brunker and sir john minnes on board one of the east india men at erith and do find them full of envious complaints for the pillaging of the ships but i did pacify them and discoursed about making money of some of the goods and do hope to be the better by it honestly so took leave madam williams being here also with my lord and about eight o'clock got to Woolwich, and there supped and mighty pleasant with my wife, who is, for aught I see, all friends with her maids, and so, in great joy and content, to bed. Third. Up and to my great content, visited betimes by Mr. Woolley, my uncle White's cousin, who comes to see what work I have for him about these East India goods. And I do find that this fellow might have been of great use, and hereafter may be of very great use to me, in this trade of prize goods, and glad I am fully of his coming hither while i dressed myself and afterwards in walking to greenwich we did discourse over all the business of the prize goods and he puts me in hopes i may get some money in what i have done but not so much as i expected but that i may hereafter do more we have laid a design of getting more and are to talk again of it a few days hence to the office where nobody to meet me sir w batten being the only man and he gone this day to meet to adjourn the parliament to oxford anon by appointment comes one to tell me my lord rutherford is come so i to the king's head to him where i find his lady a fine young scotch lady pretty handsome and plain my wife also and mercer by and by comes creed bringing them and so presently to dinner and very merry and after to even our accounts and i to give him tallies where he do allow me a hundred pounds of which to my grief the rogue creed has trepanned me out of fifty pounds but i do foresee a way how it may be i may get a greater sum of my lord to his content by getting him allowance of interest upon his tallies that being done and some music and other diversions at last away goes my lord and lady and i sent my wife to visit mrs pierce and so i to my office where wrote important letters to the court and at night creed having clownishly left my wife i to mrs pierce's and brought her and mrs pierce to the king's head and there spent a piece upon a supper for her and mighty merry and pretty discourse she being as pretty as ever most of our mirth being upon my cousin meaning my lord brunker's ugly mistress whom he calls cousin and to my trouble she tells me that the fine mrs middleton is noted for carrying about her body a continued sour base smell that is very offensive especially if she be a little hot here some bad music to close the night and so away and all of us saw mrs bell pierce as pretty as ever she was almost home and so walked to will's lodging where i used to lie and there made shift for a bed for mercer and mighty pleasantly to bed this night i hear that of our two watermen that used to carry our letters and were well on saturday last one is dead and the other dying sick of the plague the plague though decreasing elsewhere yet being greater about the tower and thereabouts fourth up and to my office where mr andrews comes and reckoning with him i get sixty-four pounds of him by and by comes mr gordon 
and reckoning with him he gives me sixty pounds in his account, which is a great mercy to me. Then both of them met and discoursed the business of the first man's resigning and the other's taking up the business of the victualling of Tangier. And I do not think that I shall be able to do as well under Mr. Gordon as under these men, or within a little less to profit and less care upon me. Thence to the king's head to dinner, where we three and Creed and my wife and her woman dined mighty merry and sat long talking, and so in the afternoon broke up, and I led my wife to our lodging again, and I to the office where did much business, and so to my wife. This night comes Sir George Smith to see me at the office, and tells me how the plague is decreased this week, 740, for which God be praised, but that it increases at our end of the town still, and says how all the town is full of Captain Cox being in some ill condition about prize goods, his goods being taken from him, and I know not what. But though this troubles me to have it said, and that it is likely to be a business in Parliament, yet I am not much concerned at it, because yet I believe this news is all false, for he would have wrote to me sure about it. Being come to my wife at our lodging, I did go to bed, and left my wife with her people to laugh and dance, and I to sleep. Fifth. Lay long in bed, talking, among other things, of my sister Paul, and my wife of herself is very willing that I should give her four hundred pounds to her portion, and would have her married soon as we could, but this great sickness time do make it unfit to send for her up. I brought to the office, and thence to the Duke of Albemarle, all my way reading a book of Mr. Evelyn's translating, and sending me as a present, about directions for gathering a library. But the book is above my reach, but his epistle to my Lord Chancellor is a very fine piece. When I come to the Duke, it was about the victualler's business, to put it into other hands, or more hands, which I do advise in, but I hope to do myself a job of work in it. So I walked through Westminster to my old house, the Swan, and there did pass some time with Sarah, and so down by water to Deptford, and there to my Valentine. Round about and next door on every side is the plague, but I did not value it. But there did what I would con ill, and so away to Mr. Evelyn's, to discourse of our confounded business of prisoners and sick and wounded seamen, wherein he and we are so much put out of order. And here he showed me his gardens, which are for variety of evergreens and hedge of holly, the finest things I ever saw in my life. Thence in his coach to Greenwich, and there to my office, all the way having fine discourse of trees and the nature of vegetables. And so to write letters, I very late to Sir W. Coventry of great concernment, and so to my last night's lodging, but my wife is gone home to Woolwich. The bill, bless me God, is less this week by seven hundred and forty of what it was the last week. Being come to my lodging, I got something to eat, having eat little all the day, and so to bed, having this night renewed my promises of observing my vows as I used to do. For I find that, since I left them off, my mind is run a wool-gathering, and my business neglected. Sixth. Up, and having sent for Mr. Gordon, he come to me, and he and I largely discoursed the business of his victualling, in order to the adding of partners to him, or other ways of altering it, wherein I find him ready to do anything the king would have him do. So he and I took his coach, and to Lambeth, and to the Duke of Albemarle about it, and so back again, where he left me, in our way discoursing of the business, and contracting a great friendship with him. And I find he is a man most worthy to be made a friend, being very honest and grateful, and in the freedom of our discourse he did tell me his opinion and knowledge of Sir W. Penn to be, what I know him to be, as false a man as ever was born, for so it seems he hath been to him. He did also tell me, discoursing how things are governed as to the king's treasure, that, having occasion for money in the country, he did offer Alderman Maynell to pay him down money here, to be paid by the receiver in some county in the country, upon whom Maynell had assignments, in whose hands the money also lay ready. But Maynell refused it, saying that he could have his money when he would, 
and had rather it should lie where it do than receive it here in town this sickly time where he hath no occasion for it but now the evil is that he hath lent this money upon tallies which are become payable but he finds that nobody looks after it how long the money is unpaid and whether it lies dead in the receiver's hands or no so the king he pays mainal ten per cent while the money lies in his receiver's hands to no purpose but the benefit of the receiver i to dinner to the king's head with mr woolley who is come to instruct me in the business of my goods but gives me not so good comfort as i thought i should have had but however it will be well worth my time though not above two or three hundred pounds he gone i to my office where very busy drawing up a letter by way of discourse to the duke of albemarle about my conception how the business of the victualling should be ordered wherein i have taken great pains and i think have hit the right if they will but follow it at this very late and so home to our lodgings to bed seventh up and to the office along with mr child whom i sent for to discourse about the victualling business who will not come into partnership no more will captain beckford but i do find him a mighty understanding man and one i will keep a knowledge of did business though not much at the office because of the horrible crowd and lamentable moan of the poor seamen that lie starving in the streets for lack of money which do trouble and perplex me to the heart and more at noon when we were to go through them for then a whole hundred of them followed us some cursing some swearing and some praying to us and that that made me more troubled was a letter come this afternoon from the duke of albemarle signifying the dutch to be in sight with eighty sail yesterday morning off of sole bay coming right into the bay god knows what they will and may do to us we having no force abroad able to oppose them but to be sacrificed to them here comes sir w rider to me whom i sent for about the victualling business also but he neither will not come into partnership but desires to be of the commission if there be one thence back the back way to my office where very late very busy but most of all when at night come two wagons from rochester with more goods from captain cock and in housing them at mr tooker's lodgings come two of the custom-house to seize them and did seize them but i showed them my transier however after some hot and angry words we locked them up and sealed up the key and did give it to the constable to keep till monday and so parted but lord to think how the poor constable come to me in the dark going home sir says he i have the key and if you would have me do any service for you send for me betimes to-morrow morning and i will do what you would have me whether the fellow do this out of kindness or knavery i cannot tell but it is pretty to observe talking with him in the highway come close by the bearers with the dead corpse of the plague but lord to see what custom is that i am come almost to think nothing of it so to my lodging and there with mr hayter and will ending a business of the state of the last six months charge of the navy which we bring to a million pounds and above and i think we do not enlarge much in it if anything so to bed eighth lord's day up and after being trimmed to the office whither i upon a letter from the duke of albemarle to me to order as many ships forth out of the river as i can presently to join to meet the dutch having ordered all the captains of the ships in the river to come to me i did some business with them and so to captain cox to dinner he being in the country but here his brother solomon was and for guests myself sir g smith and a very fine lady one mrs pennington and two more gentlemen but both before and after dinner most witty discourse with this lady who is a very fine witty lady one of the best i ever heard speak and indifferent handsome there after dinner an hour or two and so to the office where ended my business with the captains and i think of twenty-two ships we shall make shift to get out seven god help us men being sick or provisions lacking and so to write letters to sir phil warwick sir w coventry and sir g carteret to court about the last six months accounts and sent away by an express to-night this day i hear the pope is dead 
and one said that the news is that the king of france is stabbed but that the former is very true which will do great things sure as to the troubling of that part of the world the king of spain being so lately dead and one thing more sir martin knoll's lady is dead with grief for the death of her husband and nothing else as they say in the world but it seems nobody can make anything of his estate whether he be dead worth anything or no he having dealt in so many things public and private as nobody can understand whereabouts his estate is which is the fate of these great dealers at everything so after my business being done i home to my lodging and to bed ninth up my head full of business and called upon also by sir john shaw to whom i did give a civil answer about our prize goods that all his dues as one of the farmers of the customs are paid and showed him our transier with which he was satisfied and parted ordering his servants to see the weight of them i to the office and there found an order for my coming presently to the duke of albemarle and what should it be but to tell me that if my lord sandwich do not come to town he do resolve to go with the fleet to see himself the dutch as he thinks being in the downs and so desired me to get a pleasure boat for to take him in to-morrow morning and do many other things and with a great liking of me and my management especially as that coxcomb my lord craven do tell me and i perceive it and i am sure take pains enough to deserve it thence away and to the office at london where i did some business about my money and private accounts and there eat a bit of goose of mr griffin's and so by water it raining most miserably to greenwich calling on several vessels in my passage being come there i hear another seizure hath been made of our goods by one captain fisher that hath been at chatham by warrant of the duke of albemarle and is come in my absence to tooker's and viewed them demanding the key of the constable and so sealed up the door i to the house but there being no officers nor constable could do nothing but back to my office full of trouble about this and there late about business vexed to see myself fall into this trouble and concernment in a thing that i want instruction from my lord sandwich whether i should appear in it or no and so home to bed having spent two hours i and my boy and mr glanville's removing of faggots to make room to remove our goods to but when done i thought it not fit to use it the news of the killing of the king of france is wholly untrue and they say that of the pope too tenth up and receive a stop from the duke of albemarle of setting out any more ships or providing a pleasure boat for himself which i am glad of and do see what i thought yesterday that this resolution of his was a sudden one and silly by and by comes captain cox jacob to tell me that he is come from chatham this morning and that there are four wagons of goods at hand coming to town which troubles me i directed him to bring them to his master's house but before i could send him away to bring them thither news is brought me that they are seized on in the town by this captain fisher and they will carry them to another place so i to them and found our four wagons in the street stopped by the church by this fisher and company and one hundred or two hundred people in the streets gazing i did give them good words and made modest desires of carrying the goods to captain cox but they would have them to a house of their hiring where in a barn the goods were laid i had transiers to show for all and the tale was right and there i spent all the morning seeing this done at which fisher was vexed that i would not let it be done by anybody else for the merchant and that i must needs be concerned therein which i did not think fit to own so that being done i left the goods to be watched by men on their part and ours and so to the office by noon whither by and by comes captain cock whom i had with great care sent for by express the last night and so i with him to his house and there eat a bit and so by coach to lambeth and i took occasion first to go to the duke of albemarle to acquaint him with something of what had been done this morning in behalf of a friend absent which did give a good entrance and prevented their possessing the duke with anything of evil of me by their report and by and by in comes captain cock and tells his whole story so an order was made for the putting him in possession upon giving security to be accountable for the goods 
which for the present did satisfy us, and so away, giving Locke that drew the order a piece. Lord, to see how unhappily a man may fall into a necessity of bribing people to do him right in a thing, wherein he hath done nothing but fair, and bought dear. So to the office, there to write my letters, and Cock comes to tell me that Fisher is come to him, and that he doubts not to cajole Fisher and his companion, and make them friends with drink and a bribe. This night comes Sir Christopher Mings to town, and I went to see him, and by and by, he being then out of the town, comes to see me. He is newly come from court, and carries direction for the making a show of getting out the fleet again to go fight the Dutch, but that it will end in a fleet of twenty good sailing frigates to go to the northward or southward, and that will be all. I inquired, but he would not be to know that he had heard anything at Oxford about the business of the prize goods, which I did suspect. But he being gone, and on comes Cock, and tells me that he hath been with him a great while, and that he finds him sullen, and speaking very high what disrespect he had received of my lord, saying that he hath walked three or four hours together at that earl's cabin door for audience, and could not be received, which, if true, I am sorry for. He tells me that Sir G. Askew says that he did from the beginning declare against these prize goods, and would not receive his dividend, and that he and Sir W. Penn are at odds about it, and that he fears Mings hath been doing ill offices to my lord. I did to-night give my lord an account of all this, and so home, and to bed. Eleventh. Up, and so in my chamber stayed all the morning, doing something toward my Tangier accounts for the stating of them, and also comes up my landlady, Mrs. Clark, to make an agreement for the time to come, and I, for the having room enough, and to keep out strangers, and to have a place to retreat to for my wife if the sickness should come to Woolwich, am contented to pay dear. So for three rooms and a dining-room, and for linen and bread and beer and butter at nights and mornings, I am to give her five pounds ten shillings per month, and I wrote and re-signed to an agreement. By and by comes Cock to tell me that Fisher and his fellow were last night mightily satisfied and promised old friendship, but this morning he finds them to have new tricks, and shall be troubled with them. So he being to go down to Erith with them this afternoon about giving security, I advise him to let them go by land, and so he and I, having eat something at his house, by water to Erith, but they got thither before us. And there we met Mr. Seymour, one of the commissioners for prizes, and a parliament man, and he was mighty high, and had now seized our goods on their behalf, and he mighty imperiously would have all forfeited, and I know not what. I thought I was in the right in a thing I said and spoke somewhat earnestly, so we took up one another very smartly, for which I was sorry afterwards, shewing thereby myself too much concerned, but nothing passed that I valued at all. But I could not but think it odd that a Parliament man, in a serious discourse before such persons as we and my Lord Brunker and Sir John Minnes, should quote Hudibras, as being the book I doubt he hath read most. They, I doubt, will stand hard for high security, and Cock would have had me bound with him for his appearing, but I did stagger at it, besides Seymour do stop the doing it at all, till he has been with the Duke of Albemarle. So there will be another demur. It growing late, and I having something to do at home, took my leave alone, leaving Cock there for all night, and so against tide and in the dark and very cold weather to Woolwich, where we had appointed to keep the night merrily. And so by Captain Cock's coach had brought a very pretty child, a daughter of one Mrs. Tooker's, next door to my lodging, and so she and a daughter and kinsman of Mrs. Pett's made up a fine company at my lodgings at Woolwich, where my wife and Mercer and Mrs. Barbara danced, and mighty merry we were, but especially at Mercer's dancing a jig, which she does the best I ever did see, having the most natural way of it, and keeps time the most perfectly I ever did see. This night is kept in lieu of yesterday, for my wedding day of ten years, for which God be praised, being now in an extreme good condition of health and estate and honour, and a way of getting more money, though at this hour under some discomposure, rather than damage, about some prize goods that I have bought off the fleet in partnership with Captain Cock, and for the discourse about the world concerning my Lord Sandwich. 
that he hath done a thing so bad, and indeed it must needs have been a very rash act, and the rather because of a parliament now newly met to give money, and will have some account of what hath already been spent, besides the precedent for a general to take what prizes he pleases, and the giving a pretence to take away much more than he intended, and all will lie upon him, and not giving to all the commanders as well as the flags he displeases all them, and offends even some of them, thinking others to be better served than themselves, and lastly puts himself out of a power of begging anything again a great while of the king. Having danced with my people as long as I saw fit to sit up, I to bed, and left them to do what they would. I forgot that we had W. Hewer there, and Tom, and Golding, my barber at Greenwich, for our fiddler, to whom I did give ten shillings. Twelfth. Called up before day, and so I dressed myself and down, it being horrid cold, by water to my lord Brunker's ship, who advised me to do so, and it was civilly to show me what the king had commanded about the prize goods, to examine most severely all that had been done in the taking out any, with or without order, without respect to my lord Sandwich at all, and that he had been doing of it, and find him examining one man, and I do find that extreme ill use was made of my lord's order, for they did toss and tumble and spoil, and break things in whole to a great loss and shame to come at the fine goods, and did take a man that knows where the fine goods were, and did this over and over again for many days, Sir W. Barclay being the chief hand that did it, but others did the like at other times, and they did say in doing it that my Lord Sandwich's back was broad enough to bear it. Having learned as much as I could, which was, that the King and Duke were very severe in this point, whatever order they before had given my Lord in approbation of what he had done, and that all will come out and the King see, by the entries at the Custom House, what all do amount to that had been taken, and so I took leave, and by water, very cold, and to Woolwich, where it was now noon, and so I stayed dinner and talking part of the afternoon, and then by coach, Captain Cox, to Greenwich, taking the young lady home, and so to Cock, and he tells me that he hath cajoled with Seymour, who will be our friend, but that, above all, Seymour tells him that my Lord Duke did shew him to-day an order from court, for having all respect paid to the Earl of Sandwich, and what goods had been delivered by his order, which do overjoy us, and that to-morrow our goods shall be weighed, and he doubts not possession to-morrow or next day. Being overjoyed at this, I to write my letters, and at it very late. Good news this week, that there are about six hundred less dead of the plague than the last. So home to bed. Thirteenth. Lay long, and this morning comes Sir Gerard Smith, to see me in his way to court, and a good man he is, and one that I must keep fair with, and will, it being, I perceive, my interest to have kindness with the commanders. So to the office, and there very busy, till about noon comes Sir W. Warren, and he goes and gets a bit of meat ready at the king's head for us, and I by and by thither, and we dine together, and I am not pleased with him about a little business of Tangier that I put to him to do for me. But, however, the hurt is not much, and his other matters of profit to me continue very likely to be good. Here we spent till two o'clock, and so I set him on shore, and I by water to the Duke of Albemarle, where I find him with Lord Craven and Lieutenant of the Tower about him, among other things talking of ships to get of the King to fetch coals for the poor of the city, which is a good work. But, Lord, to hear the silly talk between these three great people! Yet I have no reason to find fault, the Duke and Lord Craven being my very great friends. Here did the business I come about, and so back home by water, and there Cock comes to me and tells me that he is come to an understanding with Fisher, and that he must give him a hundred pounds, and that he shall have his goods in possession to-morrow, they being all weighed to-day, which pleases me very well. This day the Duke tells me that there is no news heard of the Dutch, what they do or where they are, but believes that they are all gone home, for none of our spies can give us any tidings of them. 
cock is fain to keep these people fisher and his fellow company night and day to keep them friends almost and great troubles withal my head is full of settling the victualling business also that i may make some profit out of it which i hope justly to do to the king's advantage to-night comes sir j banks to me upon my letter to discourse it with him and he did give me the advice i have taken almost as fully as if i had been directed by him what to write the business also of my tangier accounts to be sent to court is upon my hands in great haste besides all my own proper accounts are in great disorder having been neglected now above a month which grieves me but it could not be settled sooner these together and the fear of the sickness and providing for my family do fill my head very full besides the infinite business of the office and nobody here to look after it but myself so late from my office to my lodgings and to bed fourteenth up into the office where mighty busy especially with mr gordon with whom i shall i think have much to do and by and by comes the lieutenant of the tower by my invitation yesterday but i had got nothing for him it is to discourse about the coal ships so he went away to sheriff hooker's and i stayed at the office till he sent for me at noon to dinner i very hungry when i come to the sheriff's he was not there nor in many other places nor could find him at all so was forced to come to the office and get a bit of meat from the tavern and so to my business by and by comes the lieutenant and reproaches me with my not treating him as i ought but all in jest he it seemed dined with mr adrian may very late writing letters at the office and much satisfied to hear from captain cock that he had got possession of some of his goods to his own house and expected to have all to-night the town i hear is full of talk that there are great differences in the fleet among the great commanders and that minx at oxford did impeach my lord of something i think about these goods but this is but talk but my heart and head to-night is full of the victualling business being overjoyed and proud at my success in my proposal about it it being read before the king duke and the cabal with complete applause and satisfaction this sir g carteret and sir w coventry both writ me besides sir w coventry's letter to the duke of albemarle which i read yesterday and i hope to find my profit in it also so late home to bed fifteenth lord's day up and while i stayed for the barber tried to compose a duo of counterpoint and i think it will do very well it being by mr birkinshaw's rule by and by by appointment comes mr povey's coach and more than i expected him himself to fetch me to brainford so he and i immediately set out having drunk a draught of mulled sack and so rode most nobly in his most pretty and best contrived chariot in the world with many new conveniences his never having till now within a day or two been yet finished our discourse upon tangier business want of money and then of public miscarriages nobody minding the public but everybody himself and his lusts anon we come to his house and there i eat a bit and so with fresh horses his noble fine horses the best confessedly in england the king having none such he sent me to sir robert viner's whom i met coming just from church and so after having spent half an hour almost looking upon the horses with some gentlemen that were in company he and i into his garden to discourse of money but none is to be had he confessing himself in great straits and i believe it having this answer and that i could not get better we fell to public talk and to think how the fleet and seamen will be paid which he protests he do not think it possible to compass as the world is now no money got by trade nor the persons that have it by them in the city to be come at the parliament it seems have voted the king one million two hundred and fifty thousand pounds at fifty thousand pounds per month tax for the war and voted to assist the king against the dutch and all that shall adhere to them and thanks to be given him for his care of the duke of york which last is a very popular vote on the duke's behalf he tells me how the taxes of the last assessment which should have been in good part gathered are not yet laid and that even in part of the city of london and the chimney-money comes almost to nothing nor anything else looked after 
Having done this, I parted, my mind not eased by any money, but only that I had done my part to the king's service. And so, in a very pleasant evening, back to Mr. Povey's, and there supped, and after supper to talk and to sing, his man Dutton's wife singing very pleasantly, a mighty fat woman. And I wrote out one song from her, and pricked the tune, both very pretty. But I did never hear one sing with so much pleasure to herself as this lady do, relishing it to her very heart, which was mighty pleasant. Sixteenth. Up about seven o'clock, and after drinking, and I observing Mr. Povey's being mightily mortified in his eating and drinking, and coaches and horses, he desiring to sell his best, and everything else, his furniture of his house, he walked with me to Sion, and there I took water. In our way he discoursing of the wantonness of the court, and how it minds nothing else, and I saying that that would leave the king shortly if he did not leave it, he told me no, for the king do spend most of his time in feeling and kissing them naked, but this lechery will never leave him. Here I took boat, leaving him there, and down to the tower, where I hear the Duke of Albemarle is, and I to Lombard Street, but can get no money. So upon the exchange, which is very empty, God knows, and but mean people there. The news for certain that the Dutch are come with their fleet before Margate, and some men were endeavouring to come on shore when the post come away, perhaps to steal some sheep. But, Lord, how Colville talks of the business of public revenue like a madman, and yet I doubt all true, that nobody minds it, but that the king and kingdom must speedily be undone and rails at my lord about the prizes, but I think knows not my relation to him. Here I endeavoured to satisfy all I could, people about bills of exchange from Tangier, but it is only with good words, for money I have not, nor can get. God knows what will become of all the king's matters in a little time, for he runs in debt every day, and nothing to pay them looked after. Thence I walked to the tower, but, Lord, how empty the streets are and melancholy, so many poor sick people in the streets full of sores, and so many sad stories overheard as I walk, everybody talking of this dead and that man sick, and so many in this place and so many in that. And they tell me that in Westminster there is never a physician and but one apothecary left, all being dead, but that there are great hopes of a great decrease this week. God send it. At the tower found my Lord Duke and Duchess at dinner, so I sat down, and much good cheer, the lieutenant and his lady, and several officers with the Duke. But, Lord, to hear the silly talk that was there would make one mad." the duke having none almost but fools about him. Much of their talk about the Dutch coming on shore, which they believe they may some of them have been, and steal sheep, and speak all in reproach of them in whose hands the fleet is. But, Lord, help him, there something will hinder him and all the world in going to sea, which is want of victuals, for we have not wherewith to answer our service, and how much better it would have been if the duke's advice had been taken for the fleet to have gone presently out. But God help the king, while no better counsels are given, and what is given no better taken. Thence after dinner, receiving many commands from the Duke, I to our office on the hill, and there did a little business, and to Colville's again, and so took quarter at the tower, and there met with Captain Cock, and he down with me to Greenwich, I having received letters from my Lord Sandwich to-day, speaking very high about the prize goods, that he would have us to fear nobody, but be very confident in what we have done, and not to confess any fault or doubt of what he hath done, for the King hath allowed it, and do now confirm it, and sent orders, as he says, for nothing to be disturbed that his lordship hath ordered therein as to the division of the goods to the fleet, which do comfort us. But my lord writes to me that both he and I may hence learn by what we see in this business. But that which pleases me best is that Cock tells me that he now understands that Fisher was set on in this business by the design of some of the Duke of Albemarle's people, Walkup and others, who lent him money to set him out in it, and he has spent high, who now curse him for a rogue to take a hundred pounds when he might have had as well fifteen hundred pounds, and they are mightily fallen out about it, which in due time shall be discovered. 
but that now that troubles me afresh is, after I am got to the office at Greenwich, that some new troubles are come, and Captain Cock's house is beset before and behind with guards, and more. I do fear they may come to my office here to search for Cock's goods, and find some small things of my clerks. So I assisted them in helping to remove their small trade, but by and by I am told that it is only the custom-house men who came to seize the things that did lie at Mr. Glanville's, for which they did never yet see our transeer, nor did know of them till to-day. So that my fear is now over, for a transeer is ready for them. Cock did get a great many of his goods to London to-day, to the still-yard, which place, however, is now shut up of the plague. But I was there, and we now make no bones of it. Much talk there is of the Chancellor's speech and the King's at the Parliament's meeting, which are very well liked, and that we shall certainly, by their speeches, fall out with France at this time, together with the Dutch, which will find us work. Later at the office, entering my journal for eight days past, the greatness of my business hindering me of late to put it down daily, but I have done it now very true and particularly, and hereafter will, I hope, be able to fall into my old way of doing it daily. So to my lodging, and there had a good pullet to my supper, and so to bed, it being very cold again. God be thanked for it. 17th. Up and all day long, busy at the office, mighty busy, only stepped to my lodging, and had a fowl for my dinner, and at night my wife and Mercer comes to me, which trouble me a little, because I am to be mighty busy to-morrow all day seriously about my accounts. So late from my office to her, and supped, and so to bed. 18th. Up, and after some pleasant discourse with my wife, though my head full of business, I out and left her to go home, and myself to the office, and thence by water to the Duke of Albemarle's, and so back again, and find my wife gone. So to the chamber at my lodgings, and to the making of my accounts up of Tangier, which I did with great difficulty, finding the difference between short and long reckonings, where I have had occasion to mix my monies, as I have of late done my Tangier treasure upon other occasions, and other monies upon that. However, I was at it late, and did it pretty perfectly, and so, after eating something, to bed, my mind eased of a great deal of figures and castings. 19th. Up into my accounts again, and stated them very clear and fair, and at noon dined at my lodgings with Mr. Hayter and W. Hewer at table with me. I being come to an agreement yesterday with my landlady for six pounds per month, for so many rooms for myself, them, and my wife and maid, when she shall come, and to pay besides for my diet. After dinner I did give them my accounts and letters to write, against I went to the Duke of Albemarle's this evening, which I did, and among other things spoke to him for my wise brother, Balty, to be of his guard, which he kindly answered that he should. My business of the victualling goes on as I would have it, and now my head is full how to make some profit of it to myself or people. To that end, when I came home, I wrote a letter to Mr. Coventry, offering myself to be the Surveyor-General, and am apt to think he will assist me in it, but I do not set my heart much on it, though it would be a good help. So back to my office, and there till past one, before I could get all these letters and papers copied out, which vexed me, but so sent them away without hopes of saving the post, and so to my lodging, to bed. Twentieth. Up, and had my last night's letters brought back to me, which troubles me, because of my accounts, lest they should be asked for before they come, which I abhor, be more ready to give than they can be to demand them. So I sent away an express to Oxford with them, and another to Portsmouth, with a copy of my letter to Mr. Coventry about my victualling business, for fear he should be gone from Oxford, as he intended, thither. So busy all the morning, and at noon to cock, and dine there. He and I alone, vexed that we are not rid of all our trouble about our goods, but it is almost over, and in the afternoon to my lodging, and there spent the whole afternoon and evening with Mr. Hayter, discoursing of the business of the office, where he tells me that, among others, Thomas Wilson do now and then seem to hint that I do take too much business upon me, more than I can do, and that therefore some do lie undone. This, I confess to my trouble, is true, 
but it arises from my being forced to take so much on me more than is my proper task to undertake but for this at last i did advise to him to take another clerk if he thinks fit i will take care to have him paid i discoursed also much with him about persons fit to be put into the victualling business and such as i could spare something out of their salaries for them but without trouble i cannot i see well do it because thomas wilson must have the refusal of the best place which is london of two hundred pounds per annum which i did intend for tooker and to get fifty pounds out of it as a help to mr hater however i will try to do something of this kind for them having done discourse with him late i to enter my tangier accounts fair and so to supper and to bed twenty first up into my office where busy all the morning and then with my two clerks home to dinner and so back again to the office and there very late very busy and so home to supper and to bed twenty second lord's day up and after ready and going to captain cox where i find we are a little further safe in some part of our goods i to church in my way was meeting with some letters which made me resolve to go after church to my lord duke of albemarle's so after sermon i took cox chariot and to lambeth but in going and getting over the water and through whitehall i spent so much time the duke had almost dined however fresh meat was brought for me to his table and there i dined and full of discourse and very kind here they are again talking of the prizes and my lord duke did speak very broad that my lord sandwich and pen should do what they would and answer for themselves for his part he would lay all before the king here he tells me the dutch ambassador at oxford is clapped up but since i hear it is not true thence back again it being evening before i could get home and there cock not being within i and mr solomon to mr glanville's and there we found cock and sat and supped and was mighty merry with only madam pennington who is a fine witty lady here we spent the evening late with great mirth and so home and to bed twenty-third up and after doing some business i down by water calling to see my wife with whom very merry for ten minutes and so to erith where my lord brunker and i kept the office and dispatched some business by appointment on the besom among other things about the slop-sellers who have trusted us so long they are not able nor can be expected to trust us further and i fear this winter the fleet will be undone by that particular thence on board the east india ship where my lord brunker had provided a great dinner and thither comes by and by sir john minnes and before him sir w warren and anon a perspective glass-maker of whom we every one bought a pocket-glass but i am troubled with the much talk and conceitedness of mrs williams and her impudence in case she be not married to my lord they are getting themselves ready to deliver the goods all out to the east india company who are to have the goods in their possession and to advance two-thirds of the moderate value thereof and sell them as well as they can and the king to give them six per cent for the use of the money they shall so advance by this means the company will not suffer by the king's goods bringing down the price of their own thence in the evening back again with sir w warren and captain taylor in my boat and the latter went with me to the office and there he and i reckoned and i perceive i shall get a hundred pounds profit by my services of late to him which is a very good thing thence to my lodging where i find my lord rutherford of which i was glad we supped together and sat up late he being a mighty wanton man with a daughter-in-law of my landlady's a pretty conceited woman big with child and he would be handling her breasts which she coyly refused but they gone my lord and i to business and he would have me forbear paying alderman backwell the money ordered him which i in hopes to advantage myself shall forbear but do not think that my lord will do anything gratefully more to me than he hath done nor that i shall get anything as i pretended by helping him to interest for his last seven thousand seven hundred pounds which i could do and do him a courtesy too discourse being done he to bed in my chamber and i to another in the house twenty fourth lay long having a cold then to my lord and sent him going to oxford and i to my office 
whither comes Sir William Batten, now newly from Oxford. I can gather nothing from him about my Lord Sandwich about the business of the prizes, he being close, but he shewed me a bill which hath been read in the house, making all breaking of bulk for the time to come felony. But it is a foolish act, and will do no great matter, only is calculated to my Lord Sandwich's case. He shewed me also a good letter printed from the Bishop of Munster to the States of Holland, shewing the state of their case. Here we did some business, and so broke up, and I to Cock, where Mr. Evelyn was, to dinner, and there merry, yet vexed again at public matters, and to see how little heed is had to the prisoners and sick and wounded. Thence to my office, and no sooner there but to my great surprise, am told that my Lord Sandwich is come to town, so I presently to Borman's, where he is, and there found him. He might be kind to me, but no opportunity of discourse private yet, which he tells me he must have with me, only his business is sudden to go to the fleet to get out a few ships to drive away the Dutch. I left him in discourse with Sir W. Batten and others, and myself to the office till about ten at night, and so, letters being done, I to him again to Captain Cox, where he supped, and lies, and never saw him more merry, and here is Charles Herbert, who the king hath lately knighted. My lord, to my great content, did tell me before them, that never anything was read to the king and council, all the chief ministers of state being there, as my letter about the victualling was, and no more said upon it than a most thorough consent to every word was said and directed, that it be pursued and practised. After much mirth, and my lord having travelled all night last night, he to bed, and we all parted, I home. 25th. Up into my lord Sandwiches, where several commanders, of whom I took the state of all their ships, and of all could find not above four capable of going out. The truth is, the want of victuals being the whole overthrow of this year, both at sea, and now at the Nor, here, and Portsmouth, where all the fleet lies. By and by comes down my lord, and then he and I and are together alone upon private discourse. He tells me that Mr. Coventry and he are not reconciled, but declared enemies, the only occasion of it being, he tells me, his ill-usage from him about the first fight, wherein he had no right done him, which, methinks, is a poor occasion, for in my conscience that was no design of Coventry's. But, however, when I asked my lord whether it were not best, though with some condescension, to be friends with him, he told me it was not possible, and so I stopped. He tells me, as very private, that there are great factions at the court between the King's party and the Duke of York's, and that the King, which is a strange difficulty, do favour my lord in opposition to the Duke's party. That my lord Chancellor being, to be sure, the patron of the Duke's, it is a mystery whence it should be that Mr. Coventry is looked upon by him as an enemy to him, that if he had a mind himself to be out of this employment, as Mr. Coventry he believes wishes, and himself and I do incline to wish it also, in many respects, yet he believes he shall not be able, because of the king, who will keep him in on purpose, in opposition to the other party. That Prince Rupert and he are all possible friends in the world, that Coventry hath aggravated this business of the prizes, though never so great plundering in the world as while the duke and he were at sea, and in Sir John Lawson's time he could take and pillage, and then sink a whole ship in the straits, and Coventry say nothing to it, that my Lord Arlington is his fast friend, that the Chancellor is cold to him, and, though I told him that I in the world do take my Lord Chancellor in his speech the other day, to have said as much as could be wished, yet he thinks he did not, that my Lord Chancellor do from hence begin to be cold to him, because of his seeing him and Arlington so great, that nothing at court is minded but faction and pleasure, and nothing intended of general good to the kingdom by anybody heartily, so that he believes with me in a little time confusion will certainly come over all the nation. He told me how a design was carried on a while ago for the Duke of York to raise an army in the north, and to be the general of it, and all this without the knowledge or advice of the Duke of Albemarle, which when he come to know he was so vexed, they were fain to let it fall, to content him, 
that his matching with the family of Sir G. Carteret do make the difference greater between Coventry and him, they being enemies, that the Chancellor did, as everybody else, speak well of me the other day, but yet was, at the committee for Tangier, angry that I should offer to suffer a bill of exchange to be protested. So my lord did bid me take heed, for that I might easily suppose I could not want enemies, no more than others. In all he speaks with the greatest trust and love and confidence in what I say or do, that a man can do. After this discourse ended, we sat down to dinner, and mighty merry, among other things, at the bill brought into the house to make it felony to break bulk, which, as my lord says well, will make that no prizes shall be taken, or, if taken, shall be sunk after plundering, and the act for the method of gathering this last one million two hundred and fifty thousand pounds now voted, and how paid wherein are several strange imperfections. After dinner, my lord, by a catch down to Erith, where the besom was, it blowing these last two days, and now both night and day very hard southwardly, so that it has certainly drove the Dutch off the coast. My lord being gone, I to the office, and there find Captain Ferrers, who tells me his wife is come to town to see him, having not seen him since fifteen weeks ago at his first going to sea last. She is now at a tavern, and stays all night. So I was obliged to give him my house and chamber to lie in, which he with great modesty, and after much force, took. And so I got Mr. Evelyn's coach to carry her thither, and the coach coming back, I with Mr. Evelyn to Deptford, where a little while with him doing a little business, and so in his coach back again to my lodgings, and there sat with Mrs. Ferrers two hours, and with my little girl, Mistress Frances Tooker, and very pleasant. And on the captain comes, and then to supper very merry, and so I led them to bed. And so to bed myself, having seen my pretty little girl home first, at the next door. 26th. Up, and leaving my guests to make themselves ready, I to the office, and thither comes Sir Ger Smith and Sir Christopher Mings to see me, being just come from Portsmouth, and going down to the fleet. Here I sat and talked to them a good while, and then parted, only Sir Christopher Mings and I together by water to the tower, and I find him a very witty, well-spoken fellow, and mighty free to tell his parentage, being a shoemaker's son, to whom he is now going, and I to the change, where I hear how the French have taken two and sunk one of our merchantmen in the straits, and carried the ships to Toulon, so that there is no expectation but we must fall out with them. The change pretty full, and the town begins to be lively again, though the streets very empty, and most shops shut. So back again I, and took boat, and called for Sir Christopher Mings at St. Catherine's, who was followed with some ordinary friends of which he says he is proud, and so down to Greenwich, the wind furious high, and we with our sail up, till I made it be taken down. I took him, it being three o'clock, to my lodgings, and did give him a good dinner, and so parted, he being pretty close to me as to any business of the fleet, knowing me to be a servant of my Lord Sandwich's. He gone, I to the office till night, and then they come and tell me my wife is come to town, so I to her, vexed at her coming, but it was upon innocent business, so I was pleased and made her stay, Captain Ferris and his lady being yet there, and so I left them to dance, and I to the office till past nine at night, and so to them, and there saw them dance very prettily, the captain and his wife, my wife and Mrs. Barbary, and Mercer and my landlady's daughter, and then little Mistress Frances Tooker and her mother, a pretty woman come to see my wife. Anon to supper, and then to dance again, Golding being our fiddler, who plays very well, and all tunes, till past twelve at night, and then we broke up, and every one to bed. We made shift for all our company, Mrs. Tooker being gone. 27th. Up, and after some pleasant discourse with my wife, I out, leaving her and Mrs. Ferris there, and I to Captain Cox, there to do some business, and then away with Cock in his coach through Kent Street, a miserable, wretched, poor place, people sitting sick and muffled up with plasters at every four or five doors. So to the change, and then side by water, to the Duke of Albemarle's, 
and there much company, but I stayed and dined, and he makes mighty much of me. And here he tells us the Dutch are gone, and have lost above a hundred and sixty cables and anchors through the last foul weather. Here he proposed to me from Mr. Coventry, as I had desired of Mr. Coventry, that I should be surveyor-general of the victualling business, which I accepted. But, indeed, the terms in which Mr. Coventry proposes it for me are the most obliging that ever I could expect from any man, and more. It saying me to be the fittest man in England, and that he is sure if I will undertake, I will perform it, and that it will be also a very desirable thing that I might have this encouragement, my encouragement in the navy alone being in no wise proportionable to my pains or deserts. This, added to the letter I had three days since from Mr. Southern, signifying that the Duke of York had in his master's absence opened my letter, and commanded him to tell me that he did approve of my being the surveyor-general, do make me joyful beyond myself that I cannot express it, to see that, as I do take pain, so God blesses me, and hath sent me masters that do observe that I take pains. After having done here, I backed by water into London, and there met with Captain Cox's coach again, and I went in it to Greenwich, and then sent my wife in it to Woolwich, and I to the office, and thence home late with Captain Taylor, and he and I settled all accounts between us, and I do find that I do get above a hundred and twenty-nine pounds of him for my services for him within these six months. At it till almost one in the morning, and after supper he away and I to bed, mightily satisfied in all this, and in a resolution I have taken to-night with Mr. Hayter to propose the port of London for the victualling business for Thomas Wilson, by which it will be better done, and I at more ease, in case he should grumble. So to bed. 28th. Up and sent for Thomas Wilson, and broke the victualling business to him, and he is mightily contented, and so am I that I have bestowed it on him, and so I to Mr. Borman's, where Sir W. Batten is, to tell him what I had proposed to Thomas Wilson, and the news also I have this morning from Sir W. Clark, which is, that notwithstanding all the care the Duke of Albemarle hath taken about the putting the East India prize goods into the East India Company's hands, and my Lord Brunker and Sir J. Minnes having laden out a great part of the goods, an order is come from court to stop all, and to have the goods delivered to the sub-commissioners of prizes, at which I am glad, because it do vex this simple weak man, and we shall have a little reparation for the disgrace my Lord Sandwich has had in it. He tells me also that the Parliament hath given the Duke of York a hundred and twenty thousand pounds, to be paid him after the one million two hundred and fifty thousand pounds is gathered upon the tax which they have now given the King. He tells me that the Dutch have lately launched sixteen new ships, all which is great news, thence by horseback with Mr. Dean to Erith, and so aboard my Lord Brunker, and dined, and very merry with him, and good discourse between them about shipbuilding, and after dinner and a little pleasant discourse, we away and by horse back again to Greenwich, and there I to the office very late, offering my persons for all the victualling posts much to my satisfaction. Also much other business I did to my mind, and so weary home to my lodging, and there, after eating and drinking a little, I to bed." The king and court, they say, have now finally resolved to spend nothing upon clothes, but what is of the growth of England, which, if observed, will be very pleasing to the people, and very good for them. 29th. Lord's Day. Up and being ready, set out with Captain Cock in his coach toward Erith, Mr. Dean riding along with us, where we dined and were very merry. After dinner we fell to discourse about the Dutch, Cock undertaking to prove that they were able to wage war with us three years together, which, though it may be true, yet... Not being satisfied with his arguments, my lord and I did oppose the strength of his arguments, which brought us to a great heat, he being a conceited man, but of no logic in his head at all, which made my lord and I mirth. Anon we parted and back again, we hardly having a word all the way, he being so vexed at our not yielding to his persuasion. I was set down at Woolwich Town End, and walked through the town in the dark, it being now night. 
but in the street did overtake and almost run upon two women crying and carrying a man's coffin between them i suppose the husband of one of them which methinks is a sad thing being come to sheldon's i find my people in the dark in the dining-room merry and laughing and i thought sporting one with another which god help me raised my jealousy presently come in the dark and one of them touching me which afterward i found was susan made them shriek and so went out upstairs leaving them to light a candle and to run out i went out and was very vexed till i found my wife was gone with mr hill and mercer this day to see me at greenwich and these people were at supper and the candle on a sudden falling out of the candlestick which i saw as i come through the yard and mrs barbary being there i was well at ease again and so bethought myself what to do whether to go to greenwich or stay there at last go i would and so with a lantern and three or four people with me among others mr brown who was there would go i walked with a lantern and discoursed with him about painting and the several sorts of it i came in good time to greenwich where i found mr hill with my wife and very glad i was to see him to supper and discourse of music and so to bed i lying with him talking till midnight about birkinshaw's music rules which i did to his great satisfaction inform him in and so to sleep thirtieth up into my office about business at noon to dinner and after some discourse of music he and i to the office a while and he to get mr coleman if he can against night by and by i back again home and there find him returned with mr coleman his wife being ill and mr lanier with whom with their lute we had excellent company and good singing till midnight and a good supper i did give them but coleman's voice is quite spoiled and when he begins to be drunk he is excellent company but afterward troublesome and impertinent lanier sings in a melancholy method very well and a sober man he seems to be they being gone we to bed captain ferrers coming this day from my lord is forced to lodge here and i put him to mr hill thirty-first up into the office captain ferrers going back betimes to my lord i to the office where sir w batten met me and did tell me that captain coxblack was dead of the plague which i had heard of before but took no notice by and by captain cock come to the office and sir w batten and i did send to him that he would either forbear the office or forbear going to his own office however meeting yesterday the searchers with their rods in their hands coming from captain cock's house i did overhear them say that the fellow did not die of the plague but he had i know been ill a good while and i am told that his boy jack is also ill at noon home to dinner and then to the office again leaving mr hill if he can to get mrs coleman at night about nine at night i come home and there find mrs pierce come and little fran took her and mr hill and other people a great many dancing and anon comes mrs coleman with her husband and lanier the dancing ended and to sing which mrs coleman do very finely though her voice is decayed as to strength but mighty sweet though soft and a pleasant jolly woman and in mighty good humour was to-night among other things lanier did at the request of mr hill bring two or three the finest prints for my wife to see that ever i did see in all my life but for singing among other things we got mrs coleman to sing part of the opera though she won't own that ever she did get any of it without book in order to the stage but above all her counterfeiting of captain cook's part in his reproaching his man with cowardice base slave etc she do it most excellently at it till past midnight and then broke up and to bed hill and i together again and being very sleepy we had little discourse as we had the other night thus we end the month merrily and the more for that after some fears that the plague would have increased again this week i hear for certain that there is above four hundred less the whole number being one thousand three hundred and eighty-eight and of them of the plague one thousand and thirty-one want of money in the navy puts everything out of order men grow mutinous and nobody here to mind the business of the navy but myself at least sir w batten for the few days he has been here do nothing i in great hopes of my place of surveyor-general of the victualling which will bring me three hundred pounds per annum 
End of October.